self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am playing red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful episode Want to let you know where to find me. Go to Instagram and Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point for myself and uh, at ConvoCon Artists for the podcast. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing a listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer, you can send it in to our Gmail account, which is ConversationConArtist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. We have a fan page. It is called Conversation Con Artist. Uh, so you can find us on there and ask us uh, a question. And we'll, we'll answer it on the show. Um, so... What's something bad that happened in your life that you turned into a positive? Oh, shit. <laughs> something bad that happened in my life. You can't spring no big-ass question like that on somebody and ain't got no warning. It should be whatever your first thought is. Like, when I read this question, the first thing that came to mind is my dad being an alcoholic. That was, like, the first thing that popped in my mind. Because, well, did I turn into a positive? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you? I think so. I think that growing up in the environment that I did has shaped like who who I am today, and the fact that I'm a lot more understanding of of what of people in general. Just like you, understandable people, but not tolerable of people. Yes, I can understand you, still not give a fuck. So, uh, I will, is there a part of your environment that you think led to you not giving a fuck? The same. I mean, it, it was like a double edged sword. So, like. It, it made me understand people a lot more and understand that people are products of their environment a lot of times, but it also made me to where I, I think it's like a, a, a self-preservation kind of thing where if I don't care, it doesn't affect me. So I don't care about a lot of things. And that's why I don't get, like, I'm not out here in the streets, you know, fucking niggas up all the time because I'm give, I don't give a fuck enough about most things for that to happen. So I think it did both that environment because you know growing up in my household you kind of had to if you i mean if you were like too sensitive you wouldn't have survived it was too much going on on a daily basis so because of that i just learned to i don't know compartmentalize stuff i guess and i'm very good at that too good um, sometimes it compartmentalizing things yeah i can put you in a nice little box and set you on a shelf and just forget about you I think I've talked about uh, my dad being incarcerated when I was a kid and uh, the subsequent series of events that led me to believe it was probably the best move for my life. You know, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it's probably like having cancer removed from your body. You know, when you have something that is, is detrimental potentially at least detrimental especially in that world of, of selling drugs and whatever my daddy was into yeah having it removed from your life helps you know in the big picture yeah and the little picture don't really help when i was little i didn't really understand i think my daddy was on the go so much that i didn't really recognize his absence as a big deal you know yeah that showed up, I guess, later in the form of struggle with my mama, 
and horrible stepdads. It's all just, you know, all of it is connected. It's chain linked. But those experiences helped shape me. But I also have a really a particular type of temperament that can see these things, experience these things, not be impacted to the point that it creates some kind of personality deficit and then have the introspection to analyze it. I mean, I'm not saying that's something special about me because I just have a lack of apathy and empathy and emotion <laughs> for real. So my daddy going to jail wasn't no big deal to me. Struggling wasn't no big deal to me. You know, it's not a lot that's a big deal to me. Yeah. You know, so, so like like I said, that's nothing about me because that lack of apathy and empathy and emotion and shit, that, that's causing me fucking problems in other parts of my life. Yeah. You know, but as far as that upbringing, it it gave me the it didn't give me such a biased and saddened and depressed lens that I couldn't interpret it for something that helped me. So to me, yes, it's a positive. Yeah, it it became a positive. Oh, uh, shit! My my horrible stepdaddies became a positive. You know, my mama having me in church six days a week, which. In the South and the Bible Belt would would be interpreted as a positive. I don't interpret it as a positive. That's I interpret it as a negative back then, which I feel like I've turned that to a personal positive, not a universal positive in the sense that I don't go to church. <laughs> uh, I, I call I call my faith walk right now being at an impasse where I don't I don't really know what side I'm gonna be at the end of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna be on the side where I'm like you know what. I'll go to church. I'll I'll see if I can work it up. Or if I'm going to be like, eh, I don't think it's worth it, you know, in this situation. Every Sunday, my mom is like, you need to start going to church. And I just skip right on up. Like, I, I whatever the thing she said before that, I'll address that thing and just completely ignore the church thing. But the, the dilemma for me is the essence of who I am. I can't, I can't deny how helpful church can be, even in a situation where a person don't want to be in it. Because a big part of who I am is my daddy got locked up, is I had horrible stepdaddies, and is that I went to church six days a week. Yeah. You know, it's a part of who I am. And I think that my moral compass was molded by what the church was telling me my ways of thinking should do. Because church, it don't really matter what kind. It's a Muslim, a mosque, you can go to a Buddhist church, any of them. They have the same positive messages. Yeah. They they have the same motivating uh, self-impacting, self-worth messages that help you as it pertains to yourself and how you interact with the world around you. Yeah. It, it's the same. It's good shit. So I can't say that it wasn't a part of who I am. So because of that, if I were to date a religious woman, I could be a part of that family, you know, and I could go to church and I can help my kids with the messages that my lady would be trying to give them. Yeah. I just hadn't decided if I want to yet or not, <laughs> you know, cause in my head, I, I really don't plan on telling kids Santa Claus is real. If I don't believe it's real, you know? So the question will be at that time, what do I believe? I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna not let my kids believe in Santa Claus. I was just for to say, like, yeah, only, no. only kids believe in Santa. Like, adults believe in God, but only kids believe in Santa. So, well, I wouldn't take that away from kids, but yeah. I wouldn't say he's real. I'm not following the charade. I'd be like, ask your teacher, cause I've been confused <laughs> on the Santa Claus stuff for a long time. I ain't never seen him. Okay, 
Like I'm, I I tap dance around it. By the time, if I ever have kids, I'm gonna have a really really big struggle with changing my adult grown rational logical language yes, to communicating yep. with a kid. You are, and the thing about you it is, have some smart ass little kids. Like that go to school challenging. <laughs> they gonna do it. They, they'll be fine. I got a friend. I got a friend who kid is like that right now. Like his. I went to. I I see other kids at the school that his kid go to, mm-hmm. and and I I met him at the parking lot, and it was him and his wife, and I was like, this mean problems with both of y'all. Girl. Somebody got off of work, you know. He was like, yeah, but his kid is clearly much smarter than the other kids so he get through with all his work really quick and he just want to play <laughs> well i think it's transition to like he want to play first because he realized that he's likable when he play yeah you know and so he's become kind of the class clown which which is fine but the teacher called him in and was like hey you know we kind of need him to sit down follow the course do what we say do act act on what he do and my friend was like you know I'm probably kind of to blame for this because that's not how I'm trying to raise my child. Like (laughs) I'm not trying to raise my child to follow rules, to sit back and just like, I'm trying to raise him to be an individual. So the message that you giving me about what I need him to do conflicts with what I'm trying to accomplish as a parent with him, you know? And so from my friend's perspective, I think he going to have to find some creative ways to get, you know, his son to do that. But, you know, So I feel like my kids are going to, they're going to have some of them kind of struggles. And <laughs> I'm going to struggle more as a parent. Because I'm not, and you know what? I'm a therapist. I work with kids. I'm not even good dealing with kids that are healthy <laughs> and don't have trauma. <laughs> Give me a kid with some a fucked up childhood. <laughs> we Gucci. I can do that. But give me a child that has had some good parenting and is well adjusted and has a very balanced temperament. I don't know what the hell to say that that kid. <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey, how are you doing, Candy?" <laughs> like they'd be like, "Shut up." <laughs> I don't know. I so, mean, I don't know. But you know, that being said, like, I mean, it was nothing special about me that made me see those things. So not a lot of people would look at it like that, but I did. And so I took all of those things and and they uh, they shaped me. I mean, I think that seeing my dad and his addiction um, created a, a circumstance where I was like, I'm not going to be like him. So I, you know, I never really, I, I drank in college, but nothing like what the average college student does. And I've never, you know, I've never tried drugs just because watching him um be such a slave to alcohol and him just like i mean this is like a weekly almost daily thing so that just shaped me where i was like i it goes one or two ways either you follow in the footsteps of the things you see at home or you adamantly reject it and go in the opposite direction and that's what i did so um i don't i drink socially um but that's a, a, a on a rare occasion um, because I just, I know what that looks like or what it can turn into. And so my fear of ever having to deal with that again keeps me, you know, from, from doing bullshit. So, you know. 
What would happen if you were in a relationship with somebody that was not an alcoholic, but they became an alcoholic? Is that something that you would monitor from the jump? Like, yes. Um, I don't even date people that I feel like drink excessively. And so this is one of, on the flip side of the things that kind of probably are not so helpful about <laughs> that because I'm probably overly sensitive to other people's drinking habits. So I, I don't date people that like go out to bars and shit all the time. Like, or that, or that drink daily. Like I wouldn't date you because I've seen what, what the extreme end of that spectrum looks like. And having lived in an environment like that for 18 years, which felt like a prison sentence, I'm not trying to do that shit again. And I'm also not trying to put any children that I have through that. So um, that, you know, I'm willing to work with a whole lot of things in, in a marriage to continue that marriage. Alcoholism, though, I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's one of the things I could deal with just what? because of my own shit. Uh, well, another one for me is that I've, I think because of the reason that my daddy got locked up, I mean, I kind of have traced it back to this at this point is I don't smoke a drink. I've never smoked a drink. I mean, drinking is easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just somebody giving me a can or giving me a cup and saying, take a sip of this. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. But I think my reason for not doing it so deeply embedded that I'm not even willing to 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 do that now mm-hmm. you know and i think i'm over that like i could could do it if i wanted to but right now it's just a matter of choice yeah like i don't i don't really want to drink right now maybe i will one day but i don't want to drink right now another one is i flunked out of auburn university auburn university was a very trying time for me in the context of what i was going through at the school because i had i had no support mm-hmm on campus with anybody black and Auburn University is an extremely white school it is indeed. that the previous year they had that uh, racist party where uh-huh. they had somebody, two white guys came to the party and black people was at the party. It's Halloween costume party. One was dressed up as a, a Klansman and one was dressed up as a, a, a in blackface with a noose around his neck. And they lost a lot of the black population because Auburn didn't handle that right. White people just be and so because of that, they lost a lot of the black population and they let a lot of people that they shouldn't have let in in. Mm-hmm. Now, clearly what I have learned today is that I had the tenacity and the capacity of, to learn mm-hmm. and, and the sensibility to be educated. The problem was it wasn't the right time. Yeah. My school, my high school didn't prepare me for a school of Auburn's caliber. Yeah. My lack of support didn't really help me cope with being alone there. Uh, financially, I, I worked 50 hours a week at McDonald's, and I dealt with a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, overt, covert, all of it. Yeah. You know, my roommates, they were white. It just wasn't a pleasant experience. Um, after football games when everybody was junk drunk just wasn't a pleasant experience uh but that wasn't even the biggest part about that whole experience when i moved back home that was the eye-opening experience now the shit that went on at auburn helped me help me realize what i was capable of dealing with mm-hmm. what i was capable of overcoming and in my work ethic i learned that i was willing to work mm-hmm. when i was at auburn i learned a lot about myself that was that was good to me, but when I moved back home, 
having these dreams and hopes of going to do something better and becoming something better in your life. At that point in time, I didn't know. I thought I thought I had failed college. I thought that I was going to have to figure something else out. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what I thought. And so came back home. I got a job immediately at this place. And my first paycheck for a week worth of work, seven days, 84 hours, was about a thousand and sixty four dollars oh, after tax. I made a thousand dollars and thousand and sixty four dollars in a week. And when people realized that I had a decent job at a decent place, they started telling me, you ain't going back to school. You know, you got a good job because that's all that the people in my environment when I grew up looked for. Mm-hmm. They just look for a good job so that they can have a mediocre life there. Yeah, because you can have a pretty mediocre life in that area. And I've always told my friends, you need to leave. Yeah. You need to move to somewhere bigger and better. You know, not saying that you can't have a good life down there. I think you can have a good life down there, but it's like it's like replaying the same episode every day. You know, you get up, you go to the same job, you get back home, you see the same people, you do the same things, and you have the same girlfriend. And eventually you have a different girlfriend. And eventually you have kids. And eventually you might marry the person you had kids with. Maybe you won't, you know. But that was the eye-opening experience because I realized that I, I am not okay with mediocrity. I am not okay with just an average life. And you know what? I might have an average life somewhere else, but ain't no opportunity here to even test myself and yeah. challenge myself to move further and have more. So I was like, I'm not going to be here. I got to get out of here. I'm going to, I'm going back to school. Mm-hmm. And I went back to, and I went back to school to AUM. It was the best experience I've had college wise as far as grades. Cause once I went to a AUM, all A's and B's. Yeah. I got a D once. I took a real hard caseload one semester and I got a D in one class. I can't remember the professor's name. I think her name was Dr. Tidwell, maybe. Oh, that bitch was crazy. Yeah, she taught like cognitive yeah. psychology, I think. Yeah, Dr. Tidwell. I had her. She's nuts. And um, <laughs> did you have Dr. LaBello? Yes. I like Dr. LaBello. Did you have Dr. Stefuric? No. So Dr. Stefuric was my, he was my, um, he was my counselor, my advisor. Mm-hmm. Turned into somewhat of a mentor. Mm-hmm. But I used to love, that's the class that got me into psychology. Mm-hmm. The way he taught it made me say, I want to I wanna learn about people. Human behavior yeah. is my thing. And I remember I was in I was in his and this is like a lot of this stuff that happened was building up my self esteem because I was in his office one day and Doctor Labello walked by and he stopped and said Eddie, you just made an A on that test and then kept walking like, <laughs> and I was like okay awesome but then not only that but like the the professors in the program for some reason started it was another one Doctor Doctor Terry Wardle. He was a Native American. He had he looked white, but he had like a long ponytail. Oh yeah. And I can't think of the nerdy dude, man. He had on he had glasses. Wasn't he that eventually LaBello? that one Labello. He talked like he had one of he had one of these voices like this. Oh god. And talked I like this. I can't remember his name, but I don't know. I don't know. Dr. Talk. Ray and Dr. Labello were like my favorite. Dr. LaBello, he actually wrote me a recommendation letter for a graduate program. Dr. LaBello is hilarious. He's the one that they adopted a child and then his wife got pregnant. I don't I don't know. I think that was him. So, like, they had been trying and couldn't have a kid. So, they adopted a child. 
And like when the adoption came through the day they were supposed to go pick the kid up, his wife found out she was pregnant. Damn. They still got the kid that they so they have an adopted kid and and, and they have the kid they had by natural birth. Because it's like, what you, you, you can't be like, ah, never mind. I don't know. It's like going to buy a TV and then somebody give you a TV for a present. Like, what do you really do? Like, are you going to treat them the same way? Yeah. Are you just going to put one in the back room and be like, we only need <laughs> we only need one TV? Like, you're not going to put both of the TVs on the wall, yeah. right? I mean, they kept, they, they went ahead and with for with the adult. well here's the thing about that you know you can she was very newly pregnant and this is also a situation where she was having trouble getting pregnant so there's no guarantee that you're gonna she's gonna carry that baby to term so then you like withdraw the adoption and then what if she miscarried i ain't got shit so yeah um but yeah and that he like joked about that i worked um at the school after i graduated and um i worked closely with the psychology department so i got to know them on a more personal level when i wasn't in class with them and uh he used to joke about that shit all the time because dada labella has a very dry sense of humor which is why i liked him um and he would joke about it all the time about <laughs> the timing dr elias mm, i don't know either way i mean i i, I hate to talk myself up but so and I'm just I'm saying all of this to go into how valuable my time at AUM was. Now, I flunked out of college mm-hmm. once. So when I was at AUM, I was not certain that college was for me. Mm-hmm. I I was just kind of moving along, but stuff like when when Dr. Labello came to the office and said that or I was in class one time with the nerd talking dude and he brought me up for some reason, I don't know what I was writing in papers. Mm-hmm. I didn't, cause I didn't know I could write papers. I didn't know what I was writing in papers for him to say one day that, uh, I hope you don't mind me calling you out, but this student is known amongst our department as understanding research very well, as evidenced by how he writes papers. It didn't seem to have shit to do with nothing he said <laughs> after that, but that that was one of them moments where I was like. Maybe I'm doing something right. And then Dr. Stefuric in one class handed me my one of my papers and said, Eddie, I'm going to be looking up everything you write in the future because this was amazing. Like, this was fantastic. Like, it was a time of growth for me. Like, mm-hmm. Auburn helped me understand what I was, my tenacity, what I was capable of. And AUM kind of just built onto my self-esteem that would allow me to utilize those things and to be confident enough to say, you know what? I can show the world what my work ethic is. I can show the world that I'm educatable. I can show the world that, you know, I can succeed mm-hmm. in school and in these programs. So that AUM was a really, really good, uplifting time in my life. That's how I felt about grad school at AUM. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got my counseling, the the master's in counseling. Um, so <laughs> I... I my whole thing growing up was I was a smart kid, right? I was mm-hmm. weird looking, so like I wasn't the girl that everybody was trying to date. So my intelligence is what I had. So when I graduated and was picking a major, uh, my fear that I wasn't as smart as my small school had shown me to be made me pick a bullshit ass major for my undergrad. So when I went back uh, to grad school, 
you know, I chose something that I was really going to have to work at. And that fear came back that, I, you know, that I wasn't necessarily as smart as everybody had been telling me that I was my whole life. And so going to grad school and like doing well and, you know, I had a professor um, named Dr. Thomas. Dr. Thomas was this butch lady that, you know, <laughs> put it's, the fear of God in you. Is, is butch, is that offensive? Is it offensive? I don't know. She was very ma- a masculine lady. Is that better? She That's better. I think butch has come to be like negatively connotated. Well, she, Dr. Thomas had a roommate uh, that she referred to as her roommate all the time. Um, but we all kind of knew what the fuck that meant. But she was hard as fuck. Like she taught ethics, and she had been doing you know counseling for like eighty something, not eighty something years, but for a really long time. So like when you took her class, you knew that you were gonna fucking work, and you knew that she wasn't gonna cut you no slack, and you knew that papers that you wrote for her were gonna be judged really, really harshly. So the first time I pulled an A. In a Dr. Thomas class, on top of the fucking world, because she was so like that lady, like, and you wouldn't even think she was a therapist. Like, you think of a therapist, you think of somebody that's very welcoming and puts you at ease. She has the opposite effect. <laughs> Love her to death now, I, and that, you know, most of the things that I learned in that program, I learned from her in her classes because you know, again, you ain't had no fucking choice. You either gonna get it. Or she was gonna fail you. <laughs> Damn. She was not it wasn't no in between with that at the time. It's like at fucking all. So um my grad school program helped me to see that what I was actually capable of beyond my fear of because you know, I went to a high school, my graduating class had like forty people in it. So like to me, me being like at the top of my class out of forty people when when I knew other high schools had graduating classes of like two hundred wasn't that you know it it wasn't that big of a deal to me or it wasn't to me it wasn't an indicator of what my intelligence was just because it's like well I just beat out you know thirty nine other motherfuckers that ain't really mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't really no accomplishment so my fear of failure um kept, made again made me pick a bullshit ass undergraduate major that I couldn't do shit with I ended up um, being a dispatcher uh, when I graduated which I could have fucking done without a degree so. So apparently a bunch of these professors still here. Peter Zacker is the one I was talking oh, about. Oh yes, Doctor Zacker. Yeah, yeah. Doctor okay. Labello still there. He is. Sheila Meta, that's one I didn't remember, and Bridget Harper. No, she's new. Doctor Harper is new. She's or newer. New? No, I mean she. Okay, I must so know her from somewhere else then. I she's newer because when I was still working there, um, she was there, but she wasn't when I was going to school there. I don't remember her. That mean, well, I know her for some reason. I Maybe mean, I think she else. does. A, she's a, she wasn't one of my favorites. Glenn Ray, too. Dr. Ray crazy ass. Dr. Ray is hilarious. That dude is funny. There was another one that died, I think. Oh, yeah. He died in the fucking break room when I was working there. I think you the one that might have told me that. Yeah. Oh, what was he his used name? to always have mustard on his shirt. The fuck was his name? I feel bad. I can't think. Because he was Jewish. And like, mm-hmm. like they buried, like, two days you got to be in the ground. So, like, his kids didn't even get to attend his funeral because they couldn't make it in time. And, like, 
they don't ain't no wiggle room like mm. within two days they have to be in the ground so um what was his i can't remember his like, i just know i came in i know he taught abnormal psychology the he next day i came in the next day and they were like you know dr such and such died and i was like what you know i'm thinking at home or like in a car accident and they were like no he died in the copy room what <laughs> what the fuck? he just they went in there and found him like slumped over he was sitting at the table he just looked like he was taking a nap i can't remember his name though he was kind of weird but he was nice he was very weird he was nice we guy. was in class one day and he was like is anybody from the chambers county area and i was like i'm from the chambers county area but i was like it, it ain't shit that can come good from this <laughs> so i didn't raise my hand he looked around and he was like good nobody's from there that area in alabama has the highest potency rate of incest and child <laughs> molestation that you know in, in alabama and i was like how he was gonna frame that if i raised my hand like why was he gonna call somebody out to potentially be i was smart enough and lacked the confidence enough to know that i shouldn't put myself out there like this yeah he was weird and uh him and who him and somebody oh him and my Dr. Thomas, the lady I was talking about. Because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole little thing with psychology and counseling. Like, there's this whole little beef. And uh, they hated each other. Like, she could stand his ass. She could not stay. Just because, like, the psychology department was, like, fighting counseling on a lot of things in a lot of their classes when they were. They are accredited now. When I, uh, they got their accreditation while I was going there. So, I did graduate from an accredited program. But um just psychology was fighting them on a lot of curriculum stuff just because you know again psychology and counseling have that little beef and um she could not stay in his ass i wish i could remember his fucking name i can't remember his name but okay i have one other question what you got it's a simple one what age um do you commonly get mistaken for People don't really say nothing about my age, but they always think I was younger than I said I was. Yeah, that's uh, my, uh, <laughs> especially my, and it's so funny, like, the perception of age, depending on who you're talking to. So anytime any of the teenagers that I see ask me how old I am, and I'm like, oh, I'm 33, they're like, I didn't know you were that old. And it's like, bitch, I'm not that old. Like, relax. <laughs> 33 is not that old like calm down but perspective wise to them you know i got a foot in the grave um uh, but everybody always thinks that i'm um younger than what i what i am which i hope continues as i continue to age i'm completely okay oh, whenever man. i get carded i'm like yes i will surely give you my idea i'm all right with that here you go here you go good sir um so it's always younger and <laughs> so i have a white coworker that um we were talking that age is like cottage cheese no she actually looks, she looks like she looks her age for now for now but um <laughs> i show her a picture of um uh, damn what is her uh the actress oldest as dirt um betty white not Be black black actress what is it? Cecily, Cecily tyson. tyson yeah show her a picture of Cecily tyson who is like in her 90s i think and she was like, what? And so I said, like, you know what? Well, you know, black don't crack. And she had never heard of that before. She was like, what? I said, you ain't never heard nobody say that? I said, it's the melody. Like, you know, we, we age great. Why would white people be hearing that? Because and other white people that I know have, have heard 
that black don't crack. She she hadn't. She's learned a lot of. My office is predominantly black, so this is a little twenty something year old white girl. She's learned quite a bit of things since working in this office. Okay. She's learned what edges are. Okay. She's learned what a kitchen is. Okay. Uh, now she's learned that black don't crack. <laughs> I feel they. I feel they would think that has something to do with slavery. Black don't crack. Yeah. Why would like that crack the whip? Do? <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't know. Well, and I, you know, she was like, she was like, y'all do like look young for longer. And I was like, I think one, you know, I do think melanin has something yeah, we to do got with melanin. it. But two, we don't bake ourselves. Like y'all be cooking yourselves from a young age and had leather face. Like you lay out in the sun and fuck your skin up. We don't do that. I'm brown already. I don't need to lay out. So. Okay. So. You know what? You know what tent car tent is for? Yes. What is car tent for? To keep the the UV rays out of your car. Keep no. Car it's for stunting on these hoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but a secondary purpose of it is to block out UV rays, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you don't have tent, if you look in cars that's just been exposed to UV rays for so long, it cracks the leather. Yeah. Melanin is tint. <laughs> they don't have tint. So just their natural walking around in these UV rays all day is going to, that exposure is going to do something to but you. But I feel like you can make it, they make it work. Like I feel like if you took a white person from birth to death and they just walk, you know, normal walking around outside, wasn't trying to get tan. They're gonna look vastly better than the ones that lay out and and cook themselves. Like well, I don't think a lot of white people do that. They what? Yes, they I do, do not think a lot of white people tan. They do. First off, the the uh, people with the Scottish and Irish heritages where they white white they can't tan. They can't tan. They'll yeah. they'll kill themselves, and well, it's a whole bunch. They spray tan though. Then you spray tan. What is that's different if the context yeah. of what we're talking about yeah, is that's what true. what. You know, make yeah. your age more, but I don't think there's a lot of people that's just getting in tanning beds and stuff like that. Uh, it's a oh, lot of them laying in the sun. Don't get me wrong; it's a lot of them laying in the sun. They still have tanning places. Like if if people had stopped, they wouldn't have the. Now they do have where you can either lay in the bed or ah, Jason. I went with Jason. He got a spray tan, but there was a lady there who was about to lay in in the tanning bed at the place, and she looked. I wanted to be like, ma'am, like maybe we had this lay conversation. Off. Because they bring up the same bring up the same question for me. What? When you get a spray tan, do they spray in your ass? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't. I didn't go back that way, so I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying that's my thoughts are consistent at least. Yes. My my weird thoughts are consistent at least. <laughs> but like, you know what? I was gonna say. You know what? I don't even know where a tanning place at. You know, but that ain't even fair. Because a white person can't tell me where all the chicken spots at, but I can tell you where all the chicken spots at. So I think it's it's probably tanning places hidden right yeah. in plain sight, oh, yeah. and I'm just not seeing them because yeah. it ain't. I don't. It ain't nothing. You don't I need do. to go. But, well, it's the okay. Like so. that's that is that place is exclusively for white people. Yeah. Well, I think some um, real light skinned people go and tan. Why? <coughs> ain't they where white people want to be at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I get. I don't. If you black. Being what white people want to be at as a black person ain't the same. I guess I don't know. I feel a like black there was pe- a, a light skinned black person wanting to be where darker skinned black people at is different than a white person being where a light skinned person want to be at. Yeah, I think 
that it was a black girl working in the tennis shop she was light-skinned but she because you know i made a joke when he was getting ready to go because he was like yeah it, it'll just be me i was like yeah i'm brown enough already and she was like well you'd be surprised like we have people that come in here and I'm like, not nobody my fucking color coming in here, ma'am. Ain't nobody my color coming in here trying to get darker. Like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, ma'am. No. I don't believe it. I'll have to see it with my own eyes. But tanning, they start smoking at a much younger age. That smoke can fuck your face up, too. And they also start wearing makeup at a younger age. My mama, it took me forever to let her let me wear fucking lip gloss nigga like i'm not even talking about like foundation and all of this other shit like for her to let me wear lip gloss and let me wear my hair down it took me forever to convince her to let me do that shit meanwhile i'm going to school with white girls that's painted up like they going to fucking prom every day so i think those things contribute to the wear and tear on their skin and why they they end up looking older like i done had people walk in my office that that i look at their age and i'm like how the fuck are you this much fucking younger than me like you look like you could be my mama like that's terrible you you just need to take care of yourself better like shit you gotta keep this face your whole life you know that you got this face your whole life take care of your face shit but yeah i think i think most black people that ain't lived the hard life and that that take care of themselves probably get mistaken for younger age like even my mom like people see my mom and she'd be like she's six and they be like what like because her face is still like it ain't all it's not wrinkly she got because of the melon and my mom don't wear makeup she she wore makeup like once in her 20s and it broke her face out and ever since then she was like fuck that shit mm, makeup trauma yep so she don't wear makeup at all ever for any reason so her skin is fresh as a baby's bottom so and my skin is kind of smooth for whatever reason people be complimenting my face <laughs> and they be like what products do you use i'd be like mm, life <laughs> no smoking no drinking yep. i don't want to be that kind of person that attributes it to something i'm not doing or doing that's what like when people yeah. when people come vegan or vegetarian oh. and be like you know my life is a hundred times better than it was before you know well i mean I don't necessarily how bad was your life before? Like, should I just take your word for it? Like, I don't know how good your life is. I, I really kinda think you justifying it because you want to be. That's off topic, but okay, let's talk about vegans and vegetarians. So the one of the main like of course it's cause they care about the animals, but another reason that people give is that we were not meant to ingest meat because our teeth are not like the teeth of like predators that eat meat. I I just, whenever people compare humans to like the rest of the animals, it just doesn't make sense to me because you leave out a, a major part of we the the brain capacity that we have. So you they act like other animals don't use tools to, to fucking get what they need to get done. So if my tool is having the meat you know cut up by a fucking butcher and then me cooking the shit so that i'm able to chew it that doesn't mean that i wasn't meant to eat it like 
just based on my teeth that's stupid monkeys even take rocks and shit and be breaking are they not meant to eat whatever it is that they use in their tools to, to access should they only eat the things that they could just pick up off the ground and eat like what the fuck like if you want to be vegan and vegetarian that's fine but don't tell me that everybody was meant to be that shit because you can go fuck off i'm gonna enjoy my meat we've listened I don't even like being compared to the animal kingdom. No. I mean, as far as the universe is concerned, yeah, we all animals. We, ain't none of us <laughs> shit as far as the universe is concerned. But for some reason, our species has been endowed with sentience. Yep. We can feel. We can think. And not only that, but we do have a level of growing intelligence that I don't even know what the cap is. We die before we can reach the cap. Yeah. Shit start declining before we die. But if you're going to go by that, then all of these these strides in science where we are making uh, people live longer because we like, OK, then let's just go straight to the um, survival of the fittest. So if you get cancer, you was just meant to die. If you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to say that we only should be doing whatever it is that we're capable of doing on our own, then all of this shit, you just, everything, don't, you don't need to go and get no doctor care. You just, if the shit happened, because that's what happened. You want to compare us to animals. Lions don't go to fucking doctors if they get gorged by the, the antelope they were chasing. They just die. So if you're going to go by that, then you need to start going to the doctor when you get sick. Maybe it's just meant for you to <laughs> to perish at that time. You want to access certain things and then say, but because our teeth are shaped the way they are, like, fuck you. I, I think mean, that's what. Bacon. I think that makes that our tool, our our sentience and yeah. our, our intelligence. Because you know what? We don't have to have fucking sharp ass teeth to maul the creature's outer fur layer to get to the meat. <laughs> we can cut that. Catch it, cut that yep. hole open, sear it on a motherfucking stove yep. top, and put some seasoning, salt and pepper <laughs> on that bitch, and have it melting like butter in our damn mouth. We don't need teeth. We got fucking brains, okay? So don't come for meat, okay? I'm a carnivore. If I could have meat with meat sides, then I would. You know what? That's why our what organ is it? What organ? It begins with an A. I don't know. Appendix. Oh, yeah. Appendix. Yes. And you know, when when you talk about evolution or survival of the fittest, if you want to know what your organ used to do, because appendix don't do nothing but damn burst and damn near kill you. Yep. You don't need them. It don't it do nothing else. Any, we don't yeah. need them. You can have it took out and you'll be fine. Yep. Well, in a cow, the appendix processes grasses and berries and twigs and whatever <laughs> the shit they be eating on the ground. You know, so I take it that at one point we used to have to do that because yeah. we didn't have the. The setup, yep, to be able to, you know, but keep then we meat, figured out how to do that shit. We don't prepare meat. Them. Yeah, we figured that shit out, and here we are. Yep. Don't tell me not to eat meat. Don't tell me I shouldn't eat meat. And be happy eating your shit. Yeah, go be ahead. happy eat eating your berries and tofu <laughs> and you know whatever the fuck you eat. Your fake chicken. Go do that. Yeah, but don't don't come for meat. <laughs> don't don't do that. We gonna have a situation. Now you got to figure out how to get your protein and shit elsewhere and shit. Like the fuck but out of When here. I go to, when I'm on Tinder or Bumble or any of them things that I be on, mm -hmm. if I've ever been on them sites, if it's a vegan or vegetarian, it's a wrap. <laughs> I eat meat. I'm a carnivore. <laughs> we can match on a lot of things. If you don't eat meat, we got a situation. Yep. The we damn near got a situation if you don't eat chicken. But. Oh, yeah. 
I'll let you pass if you still I mean, eat I'll meat. let you ride if you don't eat pork. I'm going to eat pork. I'm going to eat all the pork. So I need you to not be so offended by it. Like, if it's in the house. Like, it's in the house for me. So you just, you don't eat it because you don't eat pork. But I'm going to have this bacon <laughs> with my eggs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat this bacon. I'm sorry. But, yeah, vegans and vegetarians and that whole shit about we ain't meant to eat it. Like, again, we're not meant. Anything that happens to us is just meant to happen and we need to let it ride. So all of these advances that are, are enable us to live, you have motherfuckers to live to be in their hundreds, all of that shit, you need to just cut that shit out. You just die when you die. If you want to go do that shit. People love to pick and choose the shit that they want to count for, for human existence. And then the other shit, we just animals. Get the fuck out of here. Anyhow, those are the questions. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it in to our Gmail account, which is conversationcallartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Send us a message. Our Facebook page is conversationcallartists. Let me see. So Tyrese is is on his bullshit again. he put out two videos, one of which was saying the only reason he married his first wife was so that she could um, become a citizen. Now, you might be asking where his first wife is from. She's from London. Now, I have heard of people marrying folks so they could get citizenship, but it's usually when they coming from like shitty ass places. I just don't know that there's like this big thing of, of British people fighting to get u.s citizenship like i just he <laughs> i don't know if she was from some war-torn place or if she was from some poverty-stricken place like i could understand that but like she from london i just you marry her so she could get citizenship ty really is that really what what, what you, you no first of all shut the fuck up and then and, and uh, didn't he say he married her so that he didn't have to travel back and forth with to see his baby the only way she would be able to stay here permanently yeah if for her to get citizenship because otherwise she would have came over here and visited but she'd have to eventually keep going back to london and he would have to i guess go to london and see her so he married her so she could get citizenship london so she could should stay be an here. easy place to get citizenship from shouldn't it i mean the citizenship test is the same no matter where you come from so i don't know you have to have a reason like what what re- other than her she, she wasn't coming over here for work she she was literally just gonna be coming over here because of him so him marrying her i mean she wouldn't have to have a a, a, a legit reason for getting city gaining citizenship over here so he said i feel like there's certain countries that get a granted citizenship easier like i mean maybe. male order brides and yeah. where they get married Russia, um, yeah, that's still made. But when you talk about like one thing that they was talking about, because when you talk about the border wall, mm-hmm. it's always the southern border. Yeah, they ain't never talking about no other. But like, because yep. one of the com- late night comedians said that if it was, if it was however many illegal immigrants coming to the country, if they was Russian models, nobody wouldn't be saying nothing. No, but the fact that they on the southern border, that that is a problem. So yeah. I feel like. Coming from London, coming from places where it's traditionally white folks, at, I don't, I don't know. And I don't understand, like, like so Canadians are not rushing to get 
citizenship here. And the reason one of I because I watch a lot of Canadian YouTubers, and one of the main reasons is they don't want to give up their fucking health care. Like, why the fuck would I move here where if I if I get injured or some shit, I'm fucked when I can just keep my Canadian citizenship and like do work visas or like whatever the fuck to come to America when I want to. And what's still, wrong with Canada that somebody would want to come here even if health care was the same? I don't know. But that's the same way I feel about London. So him saying he married her just so she could come over here, I just feel like this bullshit. And he was like, and you know, anybody who know me know I'm flashy. And so why why would we have had like a small ceremony if it was, you know, you you up here acting like it was all about love and Tyrese, <laughs> nigga, like stop, just just stop. At this point, you are such a caricature. Just. Just, just stop. Then he made another video where he was like, basically what I just said, like people keep telling me I need to just be quiet and leave it alone. Yes, nigga, that is exactly what you need to do. But he said that she's cost him all of these acting opportunities because of all of the allegations that she has been making. And I'm just wondering, is Tyrese really that high in demand? Like he act like he he Denzel or some shit. Like I, I don't know how high in demand Tyrese is as an actor for like million dollar projects like other than like the shit he already been a part of like Transformers and and Fast and the Furious but like outside of that is it really like are people just like oh we we need to get that Tyrese Gibson we uh we need to get that guy like I doubt it I just don't believe I it. Doubt it he need to shut the fuck up and just sit down Tyrese is Tyrese got some mental health issues, clearly. <laughs> uh, some bipolar with depressive, depressive tendencies or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but he need to get out of the line, like yeah. quit talking, man. He like does. his daughter that he care about so much isn't she gonna see all of this stuff one day? Yeah, you talking all of this shit about her mama, like. Even if, it, here's the thing, like, even if that was the case, which again, I just find it hard to believe considering she was coming from London, but even if that's the case, why do you feel the need to tell people that? Like, just shut the fuck up. Then you get uh, win and get to see your daughter now. Just accept that and move the fuck on, nigga. Hush. Hush. Enjoy the time that you get to spend with your daughter now because that's what you was on video crying about. That you wanted her, you got her. So shut the fuck up. Just sit down. Stop it. Let it go. Tyrese is just—he could be in some kind of demand. I mean, he's already an actor. He's already, but not thirty million dollars worth. No. <laughs> he was talking about multi-million-dollar projects that he—he he had been missing out on just because of the allegations that she is it because of the allegations because they weren't checking for your black ass and like for, and for the record i think he did abuse them yeah people yeah. you know but with black people what happens is that somebody what you call discipline is abuse sometimes yeah and i think that what the state would define as abuse tyrese would define it as discipline so and that's the issue that I have with a lot of parents I work with. Just because I feel like whatever investigation they had, he just decided to work with Child Protective Services and mm -hmm. to get counseling or to do whatever they asked him to do, and they didn't pursue the charges. Mm -hmm. And he's hinging upon that to make it sound like he didn't do anything. 
But, you know, we live in the black community. If he's not overdoing it, abusing his daughter, he's in a minority yeah. amongst his age group. How old is Tyrese? Uh, he's a little older than us. He's in his 30s. Or yeah. Late 30s. Amongst his, like, people like people our age yeah. that's not me and you they they beating the hell out they oh, kids that, look i work closely with it they come see me most of the people on my caseload are my age or younger that are that are dhr referrals so i know yeah <laughs> i know yeah like and if, you, if you white and you listening to this you know if you didn't know like ass whoopings is a staple of yeah. the african-american community yeah. now there are some white people that get their ass whooped but for the most part white people get spankings yeah and timeouts, beat. <laughs> you know, I mean, beat, beat. Oh, yeah. I mean, like switches and shit. Be leaving whelps, and you gotta take a bath. That shit burn. Yeah, Ugh. like wake Ugh. up with dry tears, <laughs> ass whoopings. You know. Yep. It can get bad. So I'm gonna start talking about politics real quick because oh, let's get this shit out of the way. Clearly, we know that there is a a special election tomorrow. Yup. Roy Moore. Versus Doug Jones. Let me say, if the, if Roy Moore win, it wasn't us. I just want to put that out there. Not, and I don't mean us as a man and on point. I mean us as in the black people of Alabama. <laughs> I think Roy Moore, well, in order to win, Doug Jones need a large percent of the black population to vote for him. Like 80%. I feel like, I feel like but here's the problem. I feel like every black person that goes to the poll tomorrow is going to vote for Doug Jones. The problem is going to be how many black folks go to the polls tomorrow to vote at all. Well, I mean. I don't think, I just can't imagine any black folks voting for Roy. So our <laughs> other senator, Richard Shelby, mm-hmm. he he said he didn't vote for, for Roy Moore. He wrote in a Republican. So it might be a lot of Republicans that take his path. Now, if the Republicans in Alabama were smart, they would have quickly found another candidate yep. and all of them could write that candidate in mm-hmm. and he, and this unknown person would have won yep. probably in a landslide. We in a red state. I expect there to be a Republican candidate. Now, if you haven't been watching the news, Roy Moore has had like allegations of eight women come out talking about inappropriate relationships he Many had with them when, they were when he was 32 yeah. and they was between 14 and 17. He talked about meeting his wife uh, noticing his wife when she was 15, 16. Uh, recently, comments have came about where a black person in the audience with him asked if uh, when, when was America last great? And he said during the times of slavery. <sighs> you know, he said the time that was great was when, our, when we had families, you know, united. And, I mean, of course, we had slavery, you know, but that's the last time our families were united. Wow. He not, he's been kicked out of his... Uh, judgeship twice because he was not upholding the constitution and following the rules but this special time has helped me learn something about alabama and that bible belt that it wears so unnecessarily proudly (laughs) is that what's more important to them is those abortion issues Mm -hmm. and it's fucked up to me that a republican conservative who uses abortion as that one voter issue they'll get you here if you're a baby they'll get you here Mm -hmm. but once we get you here you can't have no fucking assistance we not gonna keep uh 30 something year old men from 
uh, touching you and nope. then listen to you after it happened. Nope. It's like one, we'll get you here, but once we get you here, you're on your fucking own. Yep. Democrats be like, look, getting here is a selective process, <laughs> but if you get here, we'll we'll take care of you. Yeah. And I'm really tired of this dialogue that makes the opposite of pro life pro baby killer. <laughs> I am fucking tired of hearing that shit. It's pro-life versus pro-choice. Pro-choice means that I'm not going to impact your life based off of what I want. Yep. If you want to be pro-life and not get abortions, don't do it. Yep. Teach your kids not to do it. Shun the people in your environment who do it, but don't take that choice away. I mean, our society has hinged upon telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Yep. And here we are with women being okay with the government telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Yeah. But I feel like these are the same women who still, who who just write off Roy Moore behavior and Al Franken behavior and all these other Trump. people, Harvey Weinstein, Trump, they write off their behavior as just man shit. Yep. They the women that were saying, oh, that's locker room talk. They the women that's accepting the bullshit they put out and don't want to challenge the system. There's a video going around of... Um, some people talking to some Alabama voters who are going to vote for Roy Moore. And their reasoning is, well, you know, um, 40 years ago, Alabama was a different place. And, you know, my grandmother got married when she was 15. And, you know, him looking at girls that age at that time wasn't wrong in, in as far as the state of Alabama was concerned. So I don't know that we can punish him for doing that when that was kind of just the environment that we had. Like, really? So this is how you're justifying this to yourself by saying that, well, because people were marrying off their 14 and 15-year-olds at the time, it's fine that he was preying on these girls. And it's fine that he was doing this while their parents were in the courthouse um, dealing with some kind of legal issue. It's fine because of the time uh, uh, that it was. And so he shouldn't be held accountable for that and that it, it's not that big of a deal. And I watched that video and it just amazes me how people can justify stuff to themselves. Like the, the length that they will go to justify a fucked up poor decision just pull anything out of their ass to say, well, this is why it's okay. Like, it wouldn't be okay now, but like 40 years ago, it was fine. The dude, it was a room full of white people to do ask the question, why aren't there any African Americans here? Mm -hmm. You know? And one old white dude said, because they stupid. <sighs> and he was like, excuse me? I don't understand that. He said, well, if the party that you consistently voted for weren't doing anything for you, then voting for them continually would be stupid. And you know what? I'm not here to support the Democrats as far as America goes. Even Doug Jones, even in this election, gathering African-American support was an afterthought. Yep. And Doug Jones hadn't even put out a plan as to how he plans on addressing mm -hmm. the African-American community and our concerns in this campaign. Nope. His campaign been about him prosecuting domestic terrorists as racial terrorists mm -hmm. and that Roy Moore sucks. But what, what about my concerns today? What you gonna do? 
And it's been a very aggressive campaign. Yeah. You know, mind you, they've been calling and texting. They got Snapchat, Instagram. My mailbox right now is full of Doug Jones, like, like flyers and all. Every time I go to my mailbox, there's a new shit in there. Like, did you see the black one? Mm Mm-mm. But I didn't got the text messages. I got a thing reminding me to go vote. Like, but. In the sense that I ain't here to support Democrats and shit in terms of what they have or haven't offered the African American community, they the Republican Party is doing shit to reverse the course of what progress is supposed to look like for brown, LGBT, uh persons with disabilities. They're they're running that shit back. What one of the reasons why George yeah, uh Moore lost his judgeship was because he refused when the Supreme Court decided that gay marriage was okay that he refused to was that him? Yeah, or, not yeah. only did he refuse, but he told all the judges in Alabama not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that's exactly why he lost his seat. But see, yeah. Alabama voters are interpreting that as having good Christian values. But here's the see, this and you know, this goes back to you know, I identify as agnostic at this point. I'm not atheist, but I just don't fucking know about this religion shit. This is what pisses me off about people who, on the one hand, oh, you know, family values and, and you know, we support traditional families and all of this shit. On the other hand, you got this pedophile motherfucker out here, but you justify that to yourself. Or you have these people that, like, uh, fucking Bentley, who... Cheating left and right on their wife, but because it's between a man and a woman, it's fine. Anything that happens within that marriage is fine because it's between a man and a woman. Like, this shit boggles my fucking mind. Like, they pick and choose this shit. You know, that is one of my issues with religion is that people pick and choose the shit that they want to identify and find fault in other people with. And it's like, but all of this other shit going on back here that you're cool with. You ain't going to say shit about this, even though this is also supposed to be against your values. This is also supposed to be against what your God has told you. And yet, you pick and choose the things that are important. And that shit pisses me off. Like, really? You out here stalking little girls in the malls and shit, but you upset about these two grown people who want to get married because they're not a man and a woman. Like, get the fuck out of here. Understand. It's all a bunch of hypocrisy. Yes. What else did they say during that? Oh, this one woman said that racism was over in the eighties and it didn't come back until President Obama's divisive rhetoric. Oh bitch. And I mean, what about what kind of racism was white people gonna see for real? But that's what makes me mad about when white people talk about racism. How can you say racism is gone when you're not the one that experiences it? You cannot stand on the sidelines and say some shit that don't even fucking affect you anyway doesn't exist. Of course it doesn't exist for you, Susan. The fuck out of here. How you gonna tell me what I experience on a daily basis? How you gonna tell me that all of this covert and overt racism that I, I see and feel every day is some shit that stopped in the 80s like fuck you susan fuck you i think that i think like everything else those kind of white people only see this world experience through their own lens now true enough we only see our experiences through our own individual lens but black people as a culture have been placed under this collective lens uh, at which white people look at us and that has made us feel like we have a connected experience 
You know, and like I say, it's that situation where when a serial killer kills somebody, we be like, oh, shit, I hope they ain't black. <laughs> or when something happened and it's a black person, like, damn. Like, we, that's our connected experience yeah. because white people haven't looked, uh, looked at us under that collective microscope, see us, and say, oh, that's what black people do. But see, white people get to look at themselves from an individual experience. And so I think that a white person like Susan is going to say that, she, that racism went away because she stopped saying the N-word. You know what I'm saying? Because she stopped calling black people names. I mean, I don't believe she did. No, But she <laughs> I think that's how she, a person like that interprets it. Yeah. And now when President Obama come out here and they got somebody they can blame for when racist stuff happened, that she get to blame that shit for the last 20 years <sighs> on, on, on President Obama. I said that backwards, but you know what I mean? Fuck Susan and everybody like her. So. Hold on, wait a minute. What was I finished with that? I don't know. Uh, uh, the last thing is that the Republican Party is uh, willing to forgive anything that they. It's a it's a commentator on CNN named Charles Blow. Mm -hmm. I love the black commentators on CNN. Uh, Van Jones is on the bottom of that <laughs> these days. I used to like him. Uh, Bakari Sellers is on the top. Charles Blow, he be going hard in the paint. That name, though. On white people. That just made me think of Curtis Blow. <laughs> <laughs> he be going hard on him and Angela Rye. They oh, be yeah. going hard oh, on Angela white people. don't give a fuck. Yeah, they be, <laughs> they be going hard in the paint. But he said that, he wrote an article that said that the old Republican Party, he understood. He didn't agree with them, but he understood what their values were and, and why they made the decisions that they made. He said... With supporting Roy Moore and Trump being the president, he looking at the Republican Party and don't know what the hell it even is anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and I think I've never really interpreted politics to that degree to where I'm looking at what those parties offer. But I am looking at it and, and what they say they value and believe in is contradicting. Yeah. It's always been contradicting. Don't get me wrong. Like to 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 be pro-life but support the death penalty. Yeah. That's contradicting, you know. And now to say that you're the party of family values, but to be finding ways to justify, you know, the time period of when Roy Moore might have been, you know, doing this to these girls. Because there's a couple of senators that said, hey, you know, back in my day, if, you know, a, a dad found out that a 32-year-old man was messing with his 15-year-old, it didn't matter about the times. You can get a baseball bat exactly. to your head. And the dude on that video tried to say that a lot of parents would be happy that their daughter yeah. oh, would be thought, talking yeah, to uh yeah. Uh, a damn whatever he was attorney district yeah. attorney uh-huh bitch please <laughs> i just i just it's it's disheartening it is. and a lot of what's going on with our country is weighing on and depending on alabama to make it right mm -hmm. don't hold your breath nope your ass is not gonna survive nope because alabama ain't consistently did shit to nope. to make nobody happy Mm -mm. What's the last thing? Ain't, ain't nothing possible about Alabama down around here, these parts. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, nothing I can say positive that you can look at Alabama and say it's positive. It's a fucking state that's full of molestation and uh, incest. Behind the rest of the country. Ain't no damn, I mean. That matters. The only thing that anybody care about is Alabama football. You know, oh that, that that's positive and that, that's become more a tool to divide yeah, people within Alabama. Yep. 
Everybody always like my debit card is an Auburn card, so when I'm paid, people think they really get doing something by saying roll tide. Bitch, I don't give a fuck that my bank just gave me this shit when he found out that I, I went to Auburn. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about that shit. You ain't heard me. I don't give a fuck about Alabama or Auburn. I gave them my money. That's it. And I'm still paying that shit. So outside of that, I don't give a fuck who win or I don't care. Don't matter to me. I was in a text conversation with like a online dating conversation with somebody a while back and it out of the blue she said war eagle <laughs> i'm like oh, this clearly a test uh-huh. <laughs> she's trying to see where i met with this junk. it was too early in the conversation and too random not to mean something <laughs> you know uh, but it is what it is uh i'm done with politics for today no i'm not done with politics for today but i'm done for now what you got lavar ball lavar ball lavar okay. ball has pulled his son leangelo uh, from UCLA. Um, if y'all didn't know, his son got uh, indefinitely suspended from the basketball team after he stole from a store during a trip to China along with two other players. His father believes the suspension wasn't fair since the charges were dropped. Sir, <laughs> your son unnecessary. First of all, let me just say this. If y'all have never watched Locked Up Abroad, you should do that. It is a show about people that go to these other countries and fuck up while they over there and get locked up in the prison system, which is vastly different from over here. When you go to another country, it's probably best for you not to do no fuck shit that'll get you locked up. That's just, you know, that's that's just a good, (laughs) just don't do that. So because the charges got dropped, which Trump, um, attributes to himself um, you feel like he doesn't deserve to be punished for that 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 shit got national attention what did you expect them to do like and you don't feel like your son need no accountability for the bullshit he did like at all he just no accountability so I can't stand LeVar Ball nope. and I'm going to say why from the perspective of a white person who may not understand why. Not black people. Black people all divided within this yeah, dialogue. So LeVar Ball kind of praises himself. And all the time. a bunch of the black community praises him as being a, a good father. And... It's because of the means to the end. It's because of where his boys are. Don't nobody know how them boys got where they are. They're just validating his level of parenting because his kids are successful basketball players. Right? Yep. And that's not enough for me. And and the problem with that for me is that the African-American community has been put in a position and fatherhood has been so deeply scrutinized that we look for so many different reasons to accept when a, a black father is good. That don't mean he bad itself. If that's all you had, it would mean that. But the fact that you have this man micromanaging his kid's life, this, his damn son just stole some shit in China. They cut. They was cutting motherfuckers' hands off. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he stole some shit in China. Yeah. Got off on it. Yeah. His daddy thought that him experiencing that shit was enough. 
His daddy then pulled him off of the basketball team he was on and is thinking about sending him and his younger son, who's still in high school, to China to play basketball. <laughs> what the fuck kind of decision process is he? He's about to take his youngest son out of high school, his junior year, to send him to try to play pro ball. He's micromanaged every facet of his kid's life. And you know what the most telling factor in all this shit is? He his sons ain't even they ain't even spoke up for themselves yeah. in none of these decisions. Nope. He's making every decision. That ain't a fucking father. That is a dictator. Yep. A father is supposed to nurture a child to being able to make their own decisions in life and to be able to make them. I don't really care how the fuck you become a superstar. If my kid become a fucking rocket scientist because I beat his ass and put a rocket in front of his face every day, that don't make me a good father. No. Just because you see the results of that child being a fucking rocket scientist. And that's my problem with LeVar Ball. We grasp on the straws about how to find a black man that's worth a damn to some kids, but we going for a stretch with LeVar Ball. Yep. We need to learn how to just be better fathers so that we ain't got to be looking for this stretch. Yep. We ain't got to be trying grasping at straws and reaching so far just to figure out if this is a damn good dude or not. Cause he not. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't like that at all. So I can't get down with LeVar Ball. I can't get down with how his, the personality of his children are. I can't get down with his micromanaging of them. I can't get by with the poor decision making that he have. I can't get by with the narcissism that he have. I don't know if you saw that interview on um, CNN with Chris Cuomo after him and the president got into a spat. But he got into a spat with the president and had that with Chris Cuomo. He came back and got into another little spat with he, – he said he sent the president three pairs of shoes. Yeah. Red, white, and blue to show that he was a patriot. And he said, I ain't got no thanks. And then he posted a gif the other day. Oh, yeah, that bad uh, – Yeah, of him dunking Trump. on Trump. Like, he needs this to stay relevant. He need it. He – from the beginning – I just rubbed me the wrong way, and I, I've had debates with people about the same. This what you just said that, but the ends justify the means. He's a good dad, and it's like the exact. I always use like you. You could say that Joe Jackson was a great dad. His kids all had successful careers. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them had successful careers. But at what cost did that success come? Like, you act like they can't be successful without all of the bullshit that they had to go through. And they would have been probably a lot more happy had they been raised in a way that was a little bit more nurturing and actually gave a fuck about them in, instead of what it was that they were going to go on to accomplish. Like, the ends don't justify the means when it comes to kids. That shit stick with them. And now you got these soft-speaking-ass Jacksons running around with all these other issues. Like, they had the fame, sure. They had the success. But at what cost personally to who they are as people? Like, LeVar Ball is an asshole. Them kids are not going to benefit in the long run from this shit. Uh, pulling him from UCLA and pulling your son from school. Here's the thing about sports that I don't know if people realize. You're only as good as your body is, right? So you fuck some shit up. Like Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is a perfect example of this. He started getting them fucking blood clots and shit. And that's a problem because your body is your tool and your and your fucking job. So once your body give out, you that's it. Then what? What do you have to fall back on? These kids ain't got shit. 
Because all you see is, oh, they need to be these basketball stars. Oh, we, we need to get them overseas and do this and that. But if they get hurt, then what? What are they going to do then? Because that happens every day, B. People get hurt in basketball, football, all of these sports. You can pull some shit. You can rip some shit. It could be irreparable. And then what? And quiet as it's kept. I heard the sun ain't all that fucking great anyway. <laughs> so I don't watch football. So I, I mean, basketball, I don't fucking know. But I've heard that his sun ain't all that. So, you know. I just. Y'all need to find a better role model than LeVar Ball as far as black fatherhood is concerned. He is not. He is not what you need to be modeling yourself after. I'm trying to keep a black fatherhood watch. You know, look at Dale Curry, Steph Curry, and the other Curry. Yeah. They in the NBA, you know, and look at Steph Curry. Like, right now, I want to look at him and say, we see him with Riley with his little girl in them interviews, and, you know, they look like they got a good bond. I like that. He seems like he's a good husband to Aisha. Yeah, like you know, he just all around seems like a, a well-rounded person. Now that obviously we don't see everything, but what we do see gives me makes me feel like he probably is a pretty good dude, cause all things considered, you know. So I like that. Uh, it ain't that many more athletes that got their kids all out there like that. Uh-uh. Uh, on the only Levar, uh, LeBron James kids been out there a couple of times, but most of the time, yeah, unwanted for unwanted reasons. Yeah, you know. So I mean, we we can look at better models of fatherhood, and to me, as a therapist, what's important about parenting is having a positive relationship with your kids. Yep. And if your kids look to you and feel positive about you as a person, not just as an authoritarian figure that make their decisions in life or, or used to make their decisions in life, that that's that's important to me. Now you got to do those things, but but man, if you can't have a relationship with your damn kids, like I tell my parents on my caseload, you got eighteen years to give a to a child the tools they need to survive without you. Yep. You know, but. And that's the main job. And you can do that as an authoritative, authoritarian, passive. You can do that as a permissive. You can do that as a bunch of different ways. Yep. You can give a child a bunch of tools they need in a bunch of different ways. But then I tell them, but what you really want is a child that want to come back home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yep. And want to come spend time with you during the summer. That's going to take a relationship. Because if you want to give your kid the tools they need after 18 and never see them again and never see their grandkids... Keep doing the bullshit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It it won't always turn out your way if that's all you offer. You got to nurture a relationship with people if you want them to stick around with you. That ain't just for kids. That's for anybody in your environment. Yep. That's for women you want to date. That's for friends you have. That's for coworkers. You got to treat them decent. And I don't see why, why we get such a pass on treating kids like shit. You know, and for the sake of, of saying this is how you this is how you raise a respectful child. Yep. So, since we going down the path of talking about uh, black folks we don't really fuck with these days, R. Kelly that got his black ass robbed. They took every fucking thing. Have you seen them pictures of that house? They took everything. There's nothing in lamps. They took everything. Yep. God damn. R. Kelly, that moment when you come back and ask, when the hell is all my concubines got there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Apparently they they robbed multiple homes. He had multiple homes. Nigga, they took everything. And they robbed that boy blind. DVD. I'm wonder. talking about even the smallest of things that you think people would leave. They took everything. Like, it looked like he was getting the house ready for sale. <laughs> like, it was shit in there. Ah, damn. They took everything. And uh, it ain't much more to say about that situation, except, you know, R. Kelly, you got your ass robbed. You know, karma. I, you know, I, 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 I do believe in karma. I think that, you know, life has a way of kicking you in the balls, and and the problem with when life kick you in the balls is you don't know when that ball kick is gonna come. So you you can't block it. You can't put a cup on. You can't. It just come out of nowhere. Just yeah, right in the balls. And I feel like this was just a karate chopping his balls, cause they took everything. Like. Yeah, you see the video of him just looking sad yep. <laughs> Everything gone. Shit. I mean, it's just bare bones house. Like they they took everything. Lamps, carpets, motherfucking paper plates. They took everything out of his house. So I don't feel bad for R. Kelly. Fuck that nigga. Uh apparently it's somebody that used to work security at his his homes because um, for multiple of his homes to get robbed on the same day, it clearly was random. What kind of trucks did like how they carry all this stuff off? Well off? it said that uh according to the police report, a neighbor of one of the homes told officers he observed a group of men loading furniture and other belongings <laughs> from the residence into several cars and vans. Now how fucked up of a neighbor do you have to have for them to not call the police while they seeing that shit happen, but they'll tell the police they saw that shit Look, after. They probably were tired of him and all his fucking concubines and shit, and they was like, fuck that nigga. Because, yes, they could have called the police and they could have been caught, but they didn't. So I feel like... I'm trying to think if I... No, my neighbors are cool. So, like, if I saw some suspicious-ass shit going on in their apartment... I probably would report be like, hey, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but y'all might want to check, right? Now, the white people that out here stealing dogs, maybe not. Maybe I don't see it. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I don't, you know, maybe I don't have my phone on me to report it at the time. Like The house didn't look exquisite, though. Like, it just looked like a regular run-of-the-mill-ass house. Yeah, but, like, it looked like he had... A bunch of shit, like all the well, cars and shit. It looked like he had a lot of electronic shit. Well, it, in he places. did, but I'm saying that to say that it wasn't a big ass house. Yeah, that was decked out with super sized rooms with high ceilings and need shit. All that for the concubine. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I think he might have been <laughs> in a poorer environment. You know, that just had a nice house for a poor environment. Yeah, or not a wealthy environment, and that he just you know, needs somewhere to store the girls. Snitching one good. Snitching might not have been good. For that or situation. he might have been an ass. I'm telling you, there are neighbors that I have that I would report, and there are neighbors that I just be like, you know, you never you know. The, the the robbers might be the Robin Hood type. That uh, <laughs> what? maybe I just. I'm saying mm. when I say Robin Hood type, I mean they gonna steal all our Kelly shit and sell it to the community <laughs> because you For know the low, low. exactly. And the neighbors knew that. <laughs> They actually probably went to the neighbor's house. Hey, we'll be robbing this uh, this home next we got door. A TV for because you. look, we know that you don't want to get caught up in this, you know, uh, girl, young girl peddling little situation. So we're gonna rob him. 
we're gonna sell the items off, you know, to the community. And, and it, it's the Christmas season, exactly. so you can get this TV for the low. And we fully project that he will be relocating. So hey, win for everyone. <laughs> so if you could just not call the police for the next two, three hours, that'll be fantastic. It is a heist. It is a robbery. But it's with the sake of the community in mind. You know, would you want your seventeen-year-old like they out here politi- politicizing this shit? Would you want your seventeen-year-old living next to someone oh, like R. Kelly? Shit. Jesus. Yeah. If y'all had seen the video here, though, he just looked mad as fuck. Like he just never saw this coming. Like he just didn't think that this shit was good. They took everything. Like the house is bad as fuck. It's it's crazy. They took everything. Everything. The Fucking Glade plugins, everything they took out of this. just black ass. Everything. Uh, last thing I have is a big fuck you to Good Morning America. They released a tweet that said, Meghan Markle gives hope to black women everywhere. Or her engagement gives hope. And I just want to ask Good Morning America, hope for what, motherfuckers? What is am I supposed to be hopeful about from Meghan Markle's engagement? Please let me know. As a black woman in America, what the fuck am I supposed to gain from Meghan Markle marrying motherfucking uh, Prince Harry? Like, I want an explanation, Good Morning America. Tell me. How that gives me hope. Is it hope that I might get my own special white king? Is that what the hope is? Is it hope that I might be able to get out of the gutter and marry a good white man? What am I supposed to gain from her being engaged to him? The fuck does that do for black women? Please, enlighten me. I think if there is going to be any perceived positivity about this, I think black women are the only ones that should have access to it. I don't think white people from the outside looking in should be able to say, hey, this gives black women hope. I think if black women want to perceive, you know, this as positive, I think that's for black women. I, I just don't think it's for anybody else if that's the case. Well, if you go, the Shade Room posted and every comment is hope for what? What? What is it hope for? Like, every, all the black women are just like, fuck you, hope for what? What is this supposed to make my black ass hopeful about? Because here's the thing. First of all, Meghan Markle is biracial, and with that biracialness comes, she she's going to have a different experience than me. She's also an, a successful actress on a well-known show. There's so many things that they ain't got shit to do with the average black woman that I just hope for what? Good morning, America. How is this supposed to change my life in any kind of way? I just, I would like for them to expound upon this because I would just like to know what I'm supposed to gain from this. This don't do shit. And and for anybody saying, well, we, we getting into the royal family. No, we're not. Okay, let me explain to you how this shit works. Prince Harry will never be king. Prince Harry is not going to be in the fucking history books. Like, he don't matter. You know why? Because he is fifth in line. Because there's no fucking chance that he's ever going to progress. It's the same way Scar and, and, and motherfucking Mufasa. Unless he pull a Scar and, and kill everybody ahead of him, her, him, her, their children, as far as the royal family is concerned, they don't really fucking matter. They don't. 
That's why they're not as upset about it. it. Now, again, I think I said this when we first talked about this story. If fucking William had tried to pull this shit by not only marrying an American woman, but a motherfucking biracial American woman, they'd have hung his ass. Like, it wouldn't have happened. Because he will one day be king. But Harry, they don't give a fuck about Harry. Harry's no threat to the to the royal lineage because he is not going to be king. He's not. His daddy, his grandma, his daddy, his brother, his nephew, his niece, and whatever this new baby gonna be, all of them would have to perish before he would ever become king. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't. So we're not infiltrating the fucking royal family. Not to an extent that matter. He on the sidelines. He don't matter. He don't. Fuck you, good morning, America. Kiss my ass. Hope. I mean, I just, like, I saw some black women praising her in a group, you know, and I was like, you know, if if, if black women want to be happy, they can be happy about it. For whatever mean, reason, yeah. they want to be happy about it. Because <laughs> I don't understand it. Like I said. It's like, you know, it's like, like getting put on the map. It's not, though. Because somebody like me, that would never happen. Meghan Markle has access to, like, somebody set her up with him. Like, she has access to people who have the ability to set her up with fucking Harry. My black ass in 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 fucking Hoover, Alabama, that ain't gonna happen. So, like, it don't get hope for black women for what? Like, most black women in entertainment who are well known have the ability to do shit like that. Fucking Janet Jackson married a motherfucking billionaire. Like this shit happens all the time for like famous people. I mean, I I'm not saying it's hope or positive in terms of black women's dating life. It could just be representation somewhere where brown haven't been represented at all, which is evidenced by all the racism that's come out of Oh yeah. Oh and, you know, been England it. for she it. Been getting it bad. Yeah. Like when they started dating, I mean white folks had a problem with it so i just don't and for me Meghan markle uh, i don't want to take away from her just because she's biracial but like visually she's gonna pass a lot easier than me so for me it don't do shit for me Meghan markle doesn't represent me she just don't she doesn't represent somebody that looks like me and she's not going to be somebody that's going to get treated like me so for me, eh, you know, good for her, but I don't really give a fuck. It don't give me no hope for shit. It just it don't. And I feel bad for her because she been experiencing all kind of bullshit since this all started. So yeah. fuck good morning America. I can kiss my ass about some hope. Better hope I don't find out who the fuck made that tweet. How about shit. that? Hope. Shit. <laughs> I got so much more stuff to talk about. That's all I had. Politics was ass. I'm going to go through a lot of this stuff real quick. So the other politics thing I had was John Lewis uh, refused to go to the Civil Rights Museum that was opened up in Mississippi because Trump showed up. Uh, and, uh, you know, CNN just going to have a, a positive take and a negative take about the situation regardless. But, you know, I feel like most news outlets are probably like that. But... John Lewis, they saying that he respecting, disrespecting all of the forefathers of the civil rights movement when he is the <laughs> uh, fourth uh, founding father, not founding father, but one oh, of the God. leaders of the civil rights movement. Like he was literally there marching, got his head cracked open 
in one of these marches and he's decided not to go and somehow it's like what's the problem and not that he ain't decided to go at all he didn't go to the opening because trump was there like really <laughs> like i need to calm the fuck down like just relax because that's ridiculous trump being a president shouldn't validate everything he does and that's how they make that's how they've made trump out that you know listen he's the president he's there to represent all americans he don't represent me he don't represent me at all and i said before he became president that if he became president i wasn't gonna give a fuck and i was gonna be just as disrespectful to him as i was when he was running fuck that nigga i don't give a shit about him being president because he don't give a fuck about him being president he don't act presidential the fuck i care I give a fuck about that nigga fuck him fuck so, that dude that make it a big problem though like because he don't got no track record of doing anything to help black people and republicans think that the things that they want to do would help black people but the same as they think that this tax plan is gonna help anybody do they think that i feel like they know it ain't and they just don't give a fuck i I, you would have to be i think some people believe it how you would have to be naive as a motherfucker to believe that i think they are naive that's terrible i think they actually believe it's gonna help people i think that they I think that the forefront, the forefront of their thought is that we're going to help our people and make sure our donors are straight. But I think they believe it's going to help. And if they don't believe it's going to help, that means that they sabotaging our country on purpose. And that's a bigger problem. I mean, history has shown me that they, they're willing to do that for their own benefit. So, you know. Stacey Dash. Fuck that bitch, too. Stacey Dash has gone to a uh, movie with her brother uh, with her cousin dame dash and her name and herself was on the front cover and you know jamel hill pointed it out but she said oh lo and behold oh stacy dash the white people done throw you down to the side and now look at you running right on back doing like some straight to dvd type shit <laughs> straight to dvd hood movie put on by dame dash and she got she- fucking cornrows she has cornrows in the goddamn preview. Like, really, Stacy? Oh, Stacy. Fuck her. Um, I, you know, I, I tell my, my clients this all the time. You do not get to pick your family. And I am not of the mindset that I'm supposed to fuck with you just because you family. If you're a fucked up individual, I don't give a fuck about what blood is running through your veins. Fuck you. So... I feel like Dame, like you, she your cousin, but you know how how people feel about her currently because of all of her shenanigans. She wouldn't have been in my movie, and now she's trying to fuck you over by suing you, saying you didn't have permission to use her likeness, even though the bitch is in the trailer for the movie. Like at some point, sometimes you have to be like, you family, but fuck you, like really, just fuck you. You can't just keep allowing people to do bullshit on the premise that oh they're family. I don't give a fuck. My cousin started acting crazy. They not, just stay the fuck away from me. You and your little crazy ass just stay over there. Family or not. That bitch is crazy. She's suing him and Kanye. Apparently Kanye had something. Like, I don't know if it's produced. Whatever. But she's suing them because they didn't have permission to use her likeness. Bitch. Stacy. That's stupid. Girl. Anyway, like, I ain't got that many words about Stacy Dash. But I did want to mention that story. Fuck her. Uh, the last one I got is Patty LaBelle and Luther Vandross. <laughs> Patty outed him. So apparently, Patty came out and said that Luther Vandross was gay. 
Which is something that we've all known. No, nobody has known. People have suspected because it's been rumor. But I learned this with Charlie Murphy. And I don't know if I agree with it or not, but there were Bill Burr and it was several people that had stories about Charlie Murphy. And they said, I'm not going to talk about those stories because they not mine to tell. And I think that's a very respectful vantage point to come from. Now, the fact that it was Charlie Murphy and I knew those stories were hilarious and I wanted to hear them, <laughs> I didn't like it. But from the, the point of respecting somebody's wishes, especially after they dead, I think that's important. And I don't think she honored that. No, she didn't, but... <sighs> I feel like that. So again, this goes back to people's ability to justify anything to themselves. I feel like the people who hardcore like Luther wasn't gay, he wasn't gay, he wasn't gay, are not gonna change their mind because Patty Labelle said what the fuck she said. I feel like they're gonna be of the mindset that he ain't here to defend himself, and I feel like they're not gonna. It's not gonna sway how they feel about. And the people who suspected he was gay are just gonna feel like this was confirmation. Like I don't feel like this is gonna change anybody to the other side of the debate, whether you suspect that he was gay or whether you adamant that he was not gay. I don't feel like this is gonna sway folks. I don't. I feel like people feel, it's one of them things that people like, Luther was gay as shit. Or people's like, he wasn't gay. He never said that. So I don't know. Now, was it disrespectful? Yes. I mean, it was something unnecessary that she didn't even have to say. Um, <laughs> but I mean, when I heard it, I wasn't like, oh, <gasps> Cause I already suspected he was gay, so. Well, I mean, I think it speaks to Patty LaBelle's character more than anything. She got some questionable character and how she been acting, yeah, like she always has. with them pies and stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> come on, Patty LaBelle, if your pies in Walmart, fuck, they ain't worth a damn. No. I'm just gonna tell you right now, Patty pies. You might be able to get rich off of it, but check her name is associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was disrespectful, but I don't. I think people, Luther's sexuality is one of those things that people feel strongly about. Either you strongly felt like he was gay, or you strongly felt like he never said it. It wasn't nobody ever caught him with his pants down, and so he wasn't gay. I don't know that anybody's gonna feel differently because of what Patty said. Like, you know, it's either gonna confirm it for some people, or some people are gonna be like, well, of course she's gonna say that once he's dead and can't defend himself. Like, I feel like people still feel how they feel. I feel like he was gay. I don't know, obviously, but just, It's just unfortunate that he had to hide that shit from the jump anyway. I mean, I feel like later on in his life, it would have been accepted a little bit better. Like, I mean, maybe not about my, by my mom's generation of folks. Some of them would have been like, whatever, we already knew. But I think it would have, I don't know. But anybody that ain't never been connected to nobody... It's always because, like, even if the people who are who try to damn this to to make sure to keep their private life private, at some point something comes out about you with somebody. It was never the case with him. Never the case with him. The same way with the dad from Cosby. That nigga was gay. I just found that out after his death. He had him a Swiss man that he'd been with forever for like twenty years or some shit. That wasn't a well known thing. He had also he didn't have no kids and he had never been connected with nobody. Uh, it was somebody else that died recently that I found out was gay, and I was like, "What?" Can't remember who it was. 
somebody else that I was like, what the fuck? But again, it was one of those situations where they had never been connected to nobody, didn't have no kids. I wonder if it's a situation where she knew whether he was being sexually active and just undercover. Or if it was a situation where she just knew that he had desires to be with men but never acted upon them. What what was it that she said exactly? I felt like she was talking about somebody specific. Like he was. I can't remember what it was she said exactly. I thought it was in like something specific to his dating life. Not that. I don't know. I can't remember what she said. I don't know. I have to read it again. I don't remember. But either way, she shouldn't have said it, obviously. Um. Especially when he's not here to be able to defend himself against it or to confirm it. I mean, it's just at this point, it's just you talking shit about the dead. So Exactly. Uh, probably should have just kept that one to yourself, Patty. I want to let you know right now, Red, I don't want my secrets out there. If I ain't there to tell it, I don't want it told. Your you ass tell everything your damn self. I don't even know what I would have to tell anybody. I don't know. I'm just letting you know. If it ever come to it and you realize, damn, it ain't never told nobody that. I don't even know what that would be. So, <laughs> uh, now you probably be more shit that I <laughs> that you'd be able to say about me. You're such an open fucking book. I don't know. I don't know that there would be anything. Um, Maybe. I, I could. I don't know. I don't know what that would be. But well, yeah, same thing for me. If I ain't say it, hush. Yeah. You know. Oh, my God. I so regret telling the Animal Farm story. I have never talked so much about bestiality in my fucking life. It's been terrible. Well. Should have kept that one. No, you shouldn't have. You put me, because you was like, why you keep saying horses? (laughs) I do this for a living. (laughs) (laughs) You do, too. You call that shit if I did it. And I tell you whatever story it was. (laughs) Got me with the horse. I didn't even realize that I kept saying horse, but that is what my mind goes to anytime bestiality comes up with a fucking horse i like if you never seen a horse porn then you don't really know to be mentioning horses specifically yeah. like you don't you don't know that it was so horrible <laughs> i bet it was people sign up for this shit that bitch was there willingly doing this shit like jesus i hope i ain't never that hard up for money god damn well, well, I mean, that's all I got, though. All right. Anything else on your mind? Nope. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla. Holla.